Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons Podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. So good. Good morning, church. I feel like after that video, I could just put the mic down and I think they preached my message. It's awesome. Um, So welcome online, virtually meeting together. So good. It's definitely no substitute for the real thing. And I miss all your faces so much. Um, And yeah, I think I realized a couple weeks ago, I thought, as you know, I'm talking about community this morning. And I thought um, in the spirit of being authentic and vulnerable, I'd share an embarrassing moment that... (laughs) I experienced a couple of weeks ago. I feel like this lockdown has hit me harder. I don't know about you. Um, could comment in the chat, just share kind of your experience. But I feel like this year has been harder than last year. And I don't, I was trying to understand why. But then I, I think it hit me one moment. I was driving to work, filling up petrol, was trying to do all the right things, right? There's no one around. So I walk into the shop, put my mask on, and the lady sends me back to the door. She's like, go check in. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, check in. So go check in for the one minute that you're in the petrol station, which is lovely. Um, Go pay. And she goes, you need to be wearing your mask while you're filling up petrol. You have to wear your mask everywhere now. And and it was a couple weeks ago, so I don't think that was the case yet. But anyway, this lady was a bit of a mask Nazi. Anyway, I got back in the car and I burst into tears. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And I'm just pregnant, emotional, something. But I think it hit me. I was like, it was just an overwhelming sense of there's loss, right? There's loss here. There's loss of community, connection with people. We have this kind of weird mistrust of each other. And I really hate it. And I miss meeting together. So there's my embarrassing moment. Anyway, let me pray quickly and then we'll get into it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, just for this chance to meet together and for just the means to do that, God, that technology is so amazing that we can continue to um, connect even through this time, God. And I just pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us in our houses, in wherever we are, God, that you would just speak with us and meet with us this morning, that, um, yeah, that we would come away from this time with just a, a rich sense of fellowship with each other and time together with you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So, as I was preparing this message and thinking about community and what is, like, what's kind of God's heart for community, I realized, like, we can start at the very beginning in Genesis 3 verse 18. God says, he's just created Adam, right? And he goes, actually, it's not good for man to be alone. And so we know then God creates Eve out of Adam. But the beautiful thing is that out of this first kind of relationship, God's intention was that not only would they experience relationship, but that they would create more and more community would come out of that. And that God's heart, so it's interesting when you think about that verse, if you think about it conversely, you think, wow, God's saying, actually, it's really good for us to be together. We were created for each other. And then again in Genesis, we see that um, God created people in his own image. He patterned them after himself. We were made in the image of God and we know this. But, and, and when we think about God, when we know God, we know that, oh, he's this Trinity God. He's one, but he's three. And I, I still struggle to get my head around that. But this 
this beautiful picture of actually God's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's three parts in one beautiful being. And, and God says we were made to be like him. We were made to exist in unity together. We were made for each other to love and be loved. And then we kind of fast forward through the Bible and we see Jesus, right? And Jesus um, lived really intentionally with a close circle of people around him. Jake and I have been watching um, the Chosen series, which a lot of people are. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, jump on the app store, download the Chosen app. It's all free. You can donate, but it's this beautiful kind of retelling of the life of Jesus, kind of through the the lens of the people that were closest to him. So you kind of follow the disciples, you follow Mary, you follow some of the key people that Jesus lived with and had relationship with. And um, I think it really struck me the other week when we were watching this episode that every episode seems to highlight um, a different kind of relationship that Jesus had with one of his disciples. But there was always conflict. There was always something where like or a a moment where the disciples were arguing or complaining about something or where they just didn't seem to get it like they didn't get why Jesus was doing what he was doing he they always had a better way they always had a better suggestion of how Jesus could be doing something better and it struck me I thought wow like actually Jesus didn't have to do ministry through these people or with these people. He could have actually just done stuff alone, right? And maybe that would have been less messy. Maybe it would have been simpler for him to kind of just go on his merry way and just kind of fulfill the mission that God had laid on his heart. But he knew that God had had drawn these people and he'd drawn these people to himself with the intention of investing in their lives, creating this beautiful, messy, sometimes complicated community that they would then be a means of grace and blessing for those around them. And they go on, these disciples and this early community of Jesus, after Jesus leaves, goes back to heaven, they are the first Christian community. And they go on to bless so many other communities. So that was kind of cool. Restore Church, I think we do this so well, you guys. I think of all the churches that I've been a part of in my life, I think I've always been impressed by the community that we experience here at Restore. And so I just thought I would kind of go over a few keys to healthy community that we really value here. So the first one was love comes first. Love has to come first in everything. John 3, oh sorry, John 13, verse 34 to 35 says, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I love this because I think I've often glanced over that verse, but when you actually stop and you read it, you go, wow, your love, Jesus is saying to his people, your love for one another. And this is like you and me and us, right? The Christian body. It's not like a hypothetical person out there. It's like you and me who know each other, we know all the annoying stuff about each other. Jesus says, love each other. And it's by your love that you'll prove to the world that you're mine. It's not even by how smart we are, how successful our lives are, how much faith we have. It's by our love for each other. 
That's crazy to me. Do we, and I just started asking myself and for myself, and I would encourage all of us to ask ourselves, do we love first or do we tend to judge first or do we get frustrated first or do we complain first or do we have short tolerance with people first? I I heard this saying once and it's always stuck with me and our connect group leaders would know it because we've talked about this before, but we... um, This person said, people may come through the doors of your church or your community or visit us online these days because of the great teaching we have or because of the awesome worship we have, but people will stick around because they know they're loved. And it's so true, right? Every one of us that's stuck around, we've experienced community, genuine, authentic love and relationship with each other. There's another awesome video that um, if you have the time, you should Google. It's pretty old. It's um, a little story put together by Heidi Baker, who's a missionary in Mozambique. And it's this beautiful story, but it's called Love Looks Like Something. And that's always stuck with me because the main point of this kind of video and story is that love isn't this um, airy-fairy or hypothetical idea right, or a sensation or a feeling, it's actually, it looks like something. Love has hands. Love has a voice. Love has feet. Love looks like something. And I was thinking just this week, just remembering all the times that love's looked like something during our part of, our time as a part of Restore. Love has looked like nappies and meals being dropped off when we had our babies or Love's looked like being able to call someone at 3 a.m. when we need something, when we're desperate in the middle of the night, or someone's sick or something's going on. Love's also looked like just being able to call people who are older and wiser and more experienced than us when we're going through some really rough stuff and knowing that they'll come over, they'll listen, they'll counsel us. That's what love looks like. And it's been incredible to be a part of. What does love look like? to those around you, to those who God has put in your community and our community. Love has to come first. Secondly, find the common ground. It kind of sounds like a coffee shop, right? It probably is. But yes, so find the common ground. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 22 says, when I am, so it's Paul talking to the church here. He says, When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. And then later in in Romans 12 verse 18, Paul says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And it's interesting because I think sometimes we can read that and go, mm, it kind of sounds like Paul's saying compromise on the, your convictions or kind of just brush everything aside and do everything you can to live at peace and just keep it nice and peaceful with everyone. But I really don't think Paul's saying this. Paul's basically saying here, when you read it in the context of the chapter here, he's going, let's, let's make the main thing the main thing right? Let's not get hung up on secondary stuff. He's saying, I want to show these people love in every way that I can, that by all means I might save someone. 
He's like, I just want to let go of all the secondary stuff. What secondary stuff do we need to let go of? What's the stuff that we carry, like our, the prejudices that we carry? What's in our history that affects the way we live now or think now or interact with people now? What's our bias or opinions or preferences that just don't matter and, and we need to let go of when we think about eternity and salvation? How do we be like Paul and become all things to all people so that by all possible means we can save some? I just um, have been thinking like lately, especially I think sometimes COVID helps you think a bit more eternally about your life. I don't know about you, but it has for me kind of thinking, actually, what do I, what do I want to live for? What do I want to give my life for? Like, what are the battles that are really worth fighting? And what are those that aren't worth fighting that I don't want to die for? (laughs) Mask wearing is one of those for me. I don't want to give my life for that. How do we really love and share Jesus with those around us so that they might see him too? Like that's the main thing when we read the gospel, when we read the story of Jesus. He just really wanted to love people and connect them with the Father. And that's what he longs for in our lives. What are we known for? Are we known as peacemakers, as bridge builders, or kind of as a church? And I know sometimes maybe not us, but the the broader church can be known more for what what we stand against rather than what do we actually stand for? Who do we stand with? Who do we love? And I I was thinking about this and I thought, I kind of got this sense of like, when we're standing in front of Jesus at the end of time, right, and our lives are played out before us, what what's the stuff that we're going to kind of be embarrassed that we stood up for or cared about, right? Like what, what won't really matter at the end of the day and what will? And let's focus on that. Let's make the main thing the main thing. So many times I've been blessed in church community, in this church and in other churches by someone who I've Honestly, if I think about it in my mind, I've written them off as a bit weird, a bit too fringe, a bit different. (laughs) But yes, don't we do that all the time? We can kind of write people off and, and shut ourselves off to what actually God wants to do through them. One time I was really humbled. It wasn't at this church, don't worry. It was at our last church. We, um... Jake and I were at, and we um, were there for a couple years, and I, this lady would be coming for that time that we were there, and she was a little bit strange. She was one of those ladies that would bring her own tambourine to worship and play in the audience, but she couldn't even keep in time, so it was a little bit frustrating. So in all honesty, I was probably more frustrated by her than trying to look at how I could love her. <laughs> but I remember this one day she cornered me, and I remember thinking, oh no, Lord, help me. But she, she just looked straight in my eyes and she goes, Hannah, I just want you to know that God has told me that he wants me to pray for you and that he loves you and he sees you and you're not alone in this season. I know that it's been a rough one and I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. And then she left. And I, and it, 
it hit me so hard because I'd just been going through a really hard kind of physical illness that I hadn't really shared with many people. So there's no way really I think she could have known, but she was kind enough and sensitive enough to God to be praying for me. And it was so humbling because I just was reminded that, man, God uses everyone, right? Even the people that we write off, even the people that we wouldn't necessarily get along with, God can use them in our lives and God wants to use us in people's lives that we wouldn't ordinarily mix with because that's the beauty of community. We're united because the main thing's the main thing. So a couple points there and then the intentionality and sacrifice. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but let's encourage one another. Jake shared a great message last week about serving and um, I really love this series. If you haven't um, seen the previous messages in this series, go re-watch them. They're awesome. But he was talking about how giving and serving is so much more rewarding than getting. <laughs> serving takes intention, sacrifice and commitment and same, the same goes for community. When I think about community, and relationships and authentic kind of um, communion with each other, that takes purpose, right? That just doesn't happen overnight. Relationships take time. The early church, so the, like the disciples, and we think about the, the people that lived right after Jesus, it, the Bible tells us they met together every day to worship, encourage, pray, listen, love each other. And I am guilty of this. Sometimes we come to church once a week if it's convenient or we are frustrated sometimes that it interrupts our lives. But I, I always remember, and people will probably, I don't know, I actually haven't eaten Nutrigrain in a long time, but I remember eating Nutrigrain growing up a lot. And I remember always seeing like the profiles of the athletes on the back and the slogans always stuck, to me, stuck with me. You'll only get out what you put in, right? And it's kind of profound. It's true. You only get out what you put in. It's true for relationships. It's true for community. If we've recognized that actually we were created for community, we long true authentic relationship with each other, then that's going to take commitment and sacrifice and investment. So I'd encourage us, let's commit to coming every week especially through lockdown. It's hard sometimes because it's so easy to just not turn your TV on, not turn, not connect in virtually, right? That's so easy. But, and it takes kind of more intention to go, no, I'm going to intentionally engage here. I'm going to click on the live stream. I'm going to say hi to people. I'm going to connect. And sometimes that's harder. But when we start prioritizing life together, and how we can love and give and serve each other in every season of our life, whatever that looks like. That's when we start to step into the fulfilling, satisfying and world-shifting life that God's really called us to because we were created for this. And I love that video of um, Jacques and Frida and Soph and Caitlin and James because I think they, they just summed it up so well. Every one of them have committed to attending church, to being an active part of community, to serving, to engaging, to giving. 
They've committed, they've had to sacrifice. I've seen each of them give when it's hard, show up when it's not convenient, but they've found true community because of that investment. So just in summary, I'll, I'll leave it there, but um, the three points, so love comes first. Let's be a church where love comes first, always. Let's seek to find the common ground and let's be a church of committed, intentional people who are always willing to sacrifice for others. So just as a kind of call to action to finish this off, um, we talked about engaging online. That's an awesome way to really invest in our community in the present moment. When our doors are open again, please come show up. We'd love to see you face to face. Hang out hang around for coffee like Caitlin said it's such a good way to connect but also jump on our website or the app and you can find the link to our connect groups so our connect groups are awesome we have a few great ones that are so um uh just the heartbeat of our church really and um they are still running through this time they look very different at the moment but they're such a good way to connect with people with a smaller group more intentionally, one-on-one. Follow the link, fill in the questions. There's like a little form you can fill in, just gives us a bit of your information and we'll be in touch as soon as possible. And then, just following on from what Jake was sharing last week too, find a place to serve. Sign up for a team, jump on the website, sign up, register your interest. Serving is so key to being involved and invested in community. And it's such a good way. Every time I've joined a team, I've found um, not only is it so much more fulfilling and satisfying because you're giving, not just coming to get, but you also start connecting with people that often you never would have connected with. And it's always a blessing, I've found. And then just lastly, I think this is so key too, and I think Adrian's going to talk about this next week, but commit to giving. Where your treasure is, I have loved this verse, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So whatever your treasure is, whether it's our time, whether it's our skills, whether it's our money, where, our, where we invest our treasure, our heart's going to follow that. So let's be a church where we invest of all of us, let's give faithfully, even in this time, but, and, and share everything we've got because our heart's going to follow that and we're going to be more invested, more connected, more a part of community. So thanks, church. Thanks for letting me share this morning. I'm going to pass it back to Tom and Chloe. We're going to um, close us out in worship. Love you guys. See ya. Oh. Sorry, I'm new at this. Um, We are actually going to go into a time of communion. (laughs) So let's just gather together, grab, I know when we were meeting last year, it was always our kombucha and our little arrowroot crackers with the kids. It was awesome, but grab whatever you got around. Let's join together. Let's do some communion. Let's thank Jesus for living this out so well that we can experience community with each other and with him that he's given us his all. Let's give our all in response. Love you guys.